Hello, hello, everybody. Um, very good to see you all. And I know that the we're a mix of singles and married, which is very good still. Because I think even when you are married, it's always good to be reminded of singlehood. Um, so thank you, Pastor Jeff, for explaining, you know, what you, you were focusing on. Um, because as you said, when you hear the word singlehood, you could start thinking, oh, marriage, yeah, what do I look for in order to be married? Um, but, you know, it is great that we have the emphasis on seeing singlehood as a period where you have become an adult, you're responsible for yourself. But that responsibility is a development towards something more. And, you know, um, Pastor Jeff was saying that it's important that you don't see it as a period that you just really want to rush through and get out of the way to get to the real thing. It's very, very important. And, you know, as Pastor Hans was just saying, you know, that, that development is essential. You know, you can't be cast aside. So I just want to see the hands of those who think they understood what Pastor Jeff was saying. Wait, is everybody's hands up or they half up? You think you understand? <laughs> okay. Are you, have you been disappointed to hear what Pastor Jeff had to say? Okay, okay. Right, so, um, well, I asked those questions just to see, you know, where you were coming from. Um, I had some prior conversations um, with a few, you know, a few of you, and, you know, you were saying that in, you know, some of the churches that you're in, they don't talk a lot about these things um, and I assume that meant the particulars of how you enter into marriage um, and you know we will talk about that today I mean it is important um, but also place emphasis on what development you need to go through in order to to enter in um, so um, I just want to start, we'll say, from the beginning. So if we go into Genesis um, chapter 2. Right, so this is, you know, um, when God, this is after God had created. So Genesis, the chapter started with summarizing what was done in chapter one, as God create, um, um, created all that he had, he had created. And so if we go to verse um, 15, and the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. 
And the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and help meet for him. Then, verse 19, and out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found and help meet for him. And the Lord caused a deep sleep. Okay, sorry. Thought I lost the mic there. And the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs, closed up the flesh thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman, and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. So I read all that for us to mostly focus on the period before Eve was taken out of Adam. And that period, you know, God placed Adam, he built him a garden, and he placed him in the midst of the garden. And it described how God caused the growth of the earth, the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil, right in the midst of the garden. Um, we see where God gave instruction to man. If we go back to that verse, 16. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. And that was a commandment that was given to man. So we see that even before Eve was taken out of Adam, there was commandments. There were things that Adam needed to be doing. And yes, it could have been in preparation for Eve to come. So that instruction that God gave should have served Adam in directing Eve. It is said that Eve was sent as, an, as a helpmeet for Adam. But there was that preparation of Adam before Eve came. So within that period, Adam had a responsibility. And yes, we, he named, you know, the beast. That was uh, quite a, a, a large job to do. Um, and, you know, it was as if he was giving all of these beasts their nature. Um, that's quite an undertaking. And it said that um, in verse 18 that God said, it's not good that man should be alone. I will make him and help meet. Perhaps Adam beheld the, the animals and thought, oh, two of you, two of you, you know, male and female, mm, okay, you know, nobody else looking like me. There's only one of me. Perhaps he had those thoughts. But it was God who said, 
it was not good for man to be alone. So God himself established that order, you know, that man should not be alone. Um, and, you know, it wasn't Adam going to God, hey, what about me? Give me somebody, you know, um, and maybe even asking, telling God how he ought to do it. But God in his wisdom knew what he was going to do. And so the institution of the man, the woman being brought to the man was established, you know, and Adam said, oh, and I just find it very interesting that he would then say, leave his father and mother, cleave to his wife, they shall become one flesh. It just showed how Adam had insight, you know, into the things of God to know, I mean, they were the only people then, you know. Um, but it also shows that, you know, Adam also had known some of the ways of God, you know. Um, and so this period, you know, as Pastor Jeff was saying, of singlehood is meant for preparation, you know, and, you know, Pastor Jeff was saying and Pastor Hans that you, you know, you build a foundation and you have to build a certain way. It's very important. I don't know if you have realized that a lot of um, the ministers, and I'm sure if you talk among yourselves, you'll see that uh, around the period that you become an adult, so say 17, 18, 19, there's a there's big transaction taking place. And you may put it down to, oh, you're, you're finishing high school, you're going into university or not. Um, but, you know, it really is that you are going into adulthood where, as Pastor Jeff was saying, you're taking on the responsibility for yourself. Um, lots of transaction take place around that time. That's where you determine where you stand with regards to how you serve God. And we all have been brought up, not all, I shouldn't say that. A lot of us have been brought up in church. You know, our parents at times getting us up for devotion. You know, some parents did that. And it was very painful waking up early in the morning to you know, sing some hymns, you know, read some scripture, try and, and say you understand what you're reading and, and praying. And it all seemed religious, but that too was a preparation. And we can say even though we resisted as children, those moments were, were, were moments we relied on when we were transacting as adults. Um, so, Yes, going into adulthood, we go through a lot of change. Um, I, I do remember my own situation. So I think at the age of 16, when I, I reasoned maybe when hormones were kicking in, I remember starting to wonder, oh, what is this all about? <laughs> you know, what is life? You know, at that point, I, I was baptized already. I got baptized when I was 15. And I was in a Baptist church. They didn't speak a lot about the Holy Spirit. You know, they talk about, yes, you know, redemption um, and getting forgiveness of sins, but not much more beyond that. Um, so I lacked in many things. But hormones started kicking in, and 
I was asking, you know, what, where we go from here. It was a quite a tumultuous period um, because then, too, it was leaving high school, going into university, determining what you're going to do. But I, I thank God that he was truly merciful. I, and I felt in those periods where, you know, I, I struggled <laughs> with thoughts that he was there keeping me. And, you know, he caused me to, to have a desire for him. You know, and, and this is what I would like to encourage you all to, you know, have that transaction where you say, God, my desire is for you. That is the foundation of the rest of your life. So after um, I went into university, and yes, I guess I can't detail, detail, but I went into university and it was rough. It was rough. Um, the first year, I was exposed to a lot of things that just shocked me because there were, you know, all these adults, some older than some, on halls of residence, um, men, women, and you know how people can be. Sometimes they do behave like animals. <laughs> and, you know, a lot of them were behaving like that. Um, so I was shocked to my core. Um, you know, I was living away from home, and, you know, I just felt alone, unsupported. And, you know, I remember one day I was just feeling really down, and I remember I sat upstairs, and there was this big glass window where you can see across, you know, the quadrangle, um, you can see people walking. And I remember this, Pastor Jeff was um, talking about Alex. There was this young lady, Tanisha was her name. I won't say the surname. Not if, if I say the surname, it wouldn't matter. <laughs> but um, Tanisha. So I remember when I first saw Tanisha, she, she was very circumspect. You know, she never wore trousers. You know, she did have straightened hair, never wear jewelry. So, you know, in Jamaica, you, you have, you know, we call them New Testament Church of God. Um, but one thing uh, outside of what she appeared as, the, what struck me about her, I really felt she loved God. And she served her. She, she stood up for God. So amidst all the, the crazy things on campus, she was, you know, she was an example to me. And she was the one coming up the quadrangle, and she saw me. And she came up to me, and she said, oh, Kadian, God said to tell you that he loves you. And you think I would know that, right? But in that moment, and I will always talk about it, because that moment was transforming for me. And that just then marked or set the tone for my journey, you know, and that was the age of 18. And, you know, so I, I'm sure you all have stories about it, but it's just to say that you cannot despise those times. And, you know, going into university and then progressing through, I always had in mind that it was not just about accomplishing the, you know, the profession, you know, getting a, getting a degree, then getting a good job. 
And I must say, a lot of the experiences that I had around that time were very profound. Um, they, they showed me that God was truly interested in me. And, you know, I don't know what your experiences have been, but I would say, you know, God is interested in you. God does love you. Don't think that he's overlooking you because, you know, your friend there is doing this and getting ahead or getting married. But just laying the foundation of your own relationship with God is very key. Why I say that, right? So we know about marriage that what is important is the foundation of love. But as I was saying yesterday, a lot of us don't understand what love is. It's not we are human beings. Um, actually, I'm Pastor Dupe, I'm Pastor Thompson's wife, um, in Love Seal Church, they did a very good um, talk on singleness. Um, um, Pastor Dupe was laying out, you know, what is expected, how you should conduct yourself. I would recommend that you go and check it out. I think they did it over several weeks. Um, please, you know, if you can, it's Love Seal Church, um, Pastor Thompson's church. Um, I think it was, you know, very relevant. Yes. Um, so love, yes, I say, is the, is the foundation. And how we love. So learning how to love is very, don't think that it's when you get married, you learn how to love. Or when you're preparing for marriage, you learn how to love. Love starts from first, you know, as a child, when you're inside of your family, is learning to love your family members. And we know that can be challenging. You don't choose your family, your place there, right? But what you have to trust is that God placed you there for a reason, and it is to become developed, you know. And yes, you're still under your parents. And then you come to the age of accountability, meaning you cannot say anymore, oh, it's because I'm a child, you know, I'm under someone. You get to an age where you're responsible, and you have to take account. You have to give account for your actions. Um, so... When you start within a family and you learn that dynamic, so within your family, you learn to honor your parents. You learn to also honor your brother, love your siblings if you have siblings. And you have to learn to love your cousins and, you know, extended family and so on. And, you know, for some of us, that was not a, a, an easy ride you know, because you don't choose your family, and sometimes they can be quite contrary, you know, and, and may not actually be guiding you in the way of the Lord. Um, but then when you come into the age of accountability, you know that, you know, that is a step up from what you have learned. So you take what you have learned as a child to bring into adulthood, uh, because when, um, when while growing up, my, my auntie, I grew up with my auntie, 
she'd always say, I don't want to hear about any boyfriend. Don't tell me, you know, and, you know, I always had that at the back of my mind, that even though I may see, you know, boys that I liked, that, oh, auntie said, no boyfriends. So no boyfriends, you know, until a certain age. Um, but I thank God, though, that within the churches that I attended while at university, they also helped to, you know, say, okay, well, it's not about you have a boyfriend, you know. You have to know that it's, it's you, you interact as young people, and that is safe. You know, you do within a group, and, you know, but when you get into the realm of, oh, you're particularly, in, you're interested in this particular person, that's a different dynamic, and you, you have to be very careful. So just to go back to, you know, what Pastor Dupe was talking about um, in Love Seal Church, she um, mentioned um, an aspect. So if we go to first, where Pastor Jeff was, First Corinthians chapter 7, um, from verse 1. She said, now concerning the things whereof he wrote unto me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. So, you know, um, Pastor Dupe went in talking about what it means to touch a woman. It's not necessarily you go and touch the woman where she should not be touched, but how sometimes you, you may, the words you might say, <laughs> how you behave towards that person you have to be careful not to lead the person on. You know, that is not right that you make the person think, oh, yeah, I'm interested in you, but, you know, I'm just keeping you warm. And, you, <laughs> you, you know, you're probably looking at other options. <laughs> so, it's... Um, <laughs> So, you know, I said, yeah, that's true. You can't, you know, be dilly-dally. You can't be, you say, dappling in, yeah, testing the waters. No, we're not of that. And I thank God for Pastor Hans. Even though he said, you know, when he left after we started courting and he left to, to go to the UK, and yes, they, you know, other choices came up. Um, but, you know, Hans and I never went, oh, he's my boyfriend, she's my girlfriend, it wasn't like that. Um, you know, from we began courting, we knew we were going to get married. Yes? And leading up to that time, it was a lot of interaction, you know, among friends. And actually, you know, I would see Hans from afar, and actually, he, he introduced himself. He knew my friends, you know, standing behind me in church. He'd probably give a different version to the story. Um, but <laughs> he introduced himself, and I'd say, okay, fine, fine. Um, Sundays after Sunday, you know, I'd see him, come, hi, Kadia, and I'd be, hi. You know, <laughs> first I didn't remember his name, then I didn't remember his face. <laughs> So, and yeah, <laughs> so 
I would think, who is this person always saying hello, you know, to me? But I could say in a period I was very focused, you know, I'm in church. Well, hmm. So, let <laughs> me say praise the Lord, yeah? Yes, I'd like to think I was very focused, yeah. And, yeah, but, yeah, Hans introduced himself and, um, said, okay, fine, and we had moments of meeting up, and we had some common friends, and one of them is now, he's still very close to both of us, him and his wife, and I remember, his name is Michael, and I'm saying all of this to say, your friends are very important, and it's important to keep the right friends, right? You can't, well, I won't expect to hear from you that your best friend is a non-believer. Who has a best friend who is not a believer? Sorry, I'm not putting you on the spot. <laughs> so, you know, your friends are very important. I, I remember walking home with Michael, you know, and we were just chatting, and he said, oh, I, I call it now, oh, he was putting in a good word for Hans. Um, he said, oh, you know, Hans, he's the most excellent young man I know. Well, <laughs> so then bells went off in my head because I'm thinking, wow, for a young man to say that about another young man is quite remarkable. So then I thought it's either this young man is an extremely good young man or truly, you know, Hans is a most excellent young man. But, you know, I always say to Hans, if Michael hadn't said that about him, you know, I would have had my, my doubts. Um, and, uh, you know, I, do, I did also see evidence of who Hans was, just purely from interacting with our friends. Um, but when, but, you know, we got to know each other just within the midst of interaction with friends. And when we... Dis, you know, decided to enter into relationship and courting. Hans, I couldn't tell. Hans came. I remember he he spelt out a lot of things. <laughs> oh, don't think so and so. Uh, you know, and at first, oh, okay, I'm I'm not sure. You know, what you're saying. Um, but you know, I pretty much knew. You know where it was going, and. When we began, we, we knew this was, we're not doing this to test the waters. So going into relationships, you know, when you get close to someone, like you, you must not think, oh, this is a maybe. Yeah, I might, I might change my mind six months down the line. You have to think about the other person. And this is where it's important to know how to love. Because that is what love is about. It's not getting carried away with your passions. Oh, you see this young lady, she looks nice, you know, she, she's quite, you know, amenable. And then you, you start, you know, without thinking that, oh, maybe eventually you might lose interest. And this is where accountability comes in not only to God, but with your peers. Because there was a lot of talking with our friends. You know, Hans, M Michael, you know, 
he would talk. It was not just Michael. It was with, his, with our peers. It was with our elders. And that's one important point I'd like to bring to you all, your elders. And your elders being those that God has placed above you. And that could be your parents, yes. More importantly, I think, as an adult, it's your pastors, that you have to be accountable to your pastors. And I think it's a very safe place to be to submit to your pastors, especially with regards to relationships. Um, it is good to go to your pastor, even if you, if you see someone that, you know, you may have been friends, but then if you believe you are led... I say believe you're led and that you have to take very carefully, you know. You, you ought to submit that to your pastor. It is a safe place to be. Don't try to undertake by yourself because you can cause a lot of harm. Yes, I have seen, you know, relationships as such and some of them actually ended up in marriage and the marriages did not work. Yes? And I'm sure, you know, among believers, there are, there are many marriages that don't work. And they don't work because they entered into them like the world. You know how the world does it. Yes? I mean, I know people married three, four times. And, you know, I know one particular, um, my boss, he... He married twice, and he was of the opinion that, oh, it really is best. After his first marriage, he entered into the second, and he decided that it is good to teach your children that they need to test the waters. So, in, you know, in the UK, I'm sure you see it here as well, there's a lot of what we call shacking up. <laughs> yeah, we call it shacking up, um, where you cohabit habitant, you know, you do your cohabitation, so, you know, couples will be going out for a little while, and they decide, okay, let's move in together, I mean, they're pretty much doing the things that married people do, um, but as far as they're concerned, they're not married, you know, so they can't, I'm saying all that to say they can't be our example, you know, they cannot be our example, so we have to be careful, you know, in as much as we watch Netflix, Prime video, we go to the cinema, we see it all painted. But when God gives you the eyes of the Spirit and you peer into it, whereas when you were really young and you watched it, you were like, wow, yeah, he's so handsome, you know, she's so beautiful. And in your mind, you think, okay, handsome and beautiful must go together. <laughs> and you're just observing the outward and you're seeing all these people getting carried away with their passions. And somehow that looks good to you. Not so, but it is not good. Yeah? And, you know, when I was younger, my aunties, they used to watch um, soap operas. So, um, what was it? Rituals, Dallas. Do you know all about these ones? Oh, wow. Okay. I'm really old. <laughs> so, what would happen in the soap operas is, you know, this one got married to this one, right? And then this one is like, oh, this marriage is not working after, you know, some years. And then, like, their neighbor is now the new wife. And, 
It was like everyone was passing through everyone within that soap opera. But we, you know, people were enjoying watching them. And I believe those things were highly influential in people's outlook, you know, in life. Because, you know, these soap operas, they were like back in the 80s, going, you know, into the 90s. They probably still have them. Um, but that just set the tone for how people were their attitude towards marriage, take, taking it very lightly, and something they rushed into. And, and that is the thing, you know, we can't be hasty. And Pastor Jai was saying, don't see it as, oh, my biological clock. You know, Sarah had a biological clock. At the age of 90, she was expecting Isaac, you know. Um, so God can work outside of those things. It's just very important that your foundation is there, that your foundation of loving the Lord and loving the brethren is there. So if we go to, I believe it's, let's see. Sorry, I'll just look for it. Right, yes, John 15, verse, from verse 12. So, it says, This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. If you are my friends... Sorry, you are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. So what Jesus is saying here is love one another as he loves us. And I believe if we live within the love that God has given to us, it is very difficult to make the mistakes. And it goes both for singlehood and it goes for marriage. Because if we have learned the art of loving God and loving each other, that, you know, that's the foundation that you need to enter into marriage or the next phase. As Pastor Jeff was saying, you know, I may be talking a lot about marriage, but also note that not all of us may get married. However, we're all called to marriage and the marriage I'm talking about is not marriage in the flesh. There is a marriage that needs to take place. Um, and, but going before I go into that, um, placing emphasis on greater love hath no man than he lays down his life for his friends. So what we need to ask ourselves, being single and even while being married, is are we laying down our lives for our friends. And Jesus said, laying down our lives for him is to obey his commandments. But what are his commandments? That we love one another. And yes, we love God. So when the, the word talks about, you know, how can you love, not, you know, love your brother who you see, but you want to say you love God, it's not possible or it ought not to be so. Many a times we'd convince ourselves, oh, man, you know, mankind, you know, I can't 
they're just too terrible, you know. Um, you see all the faults in others, um, and you feel that you can't relate, you can't get along, impossible for you to love. But I love God, bless God, you know. God is always there. He, you know, never makes me feel bad about myself, you know. Um, but God, that's not what God has called us to. God has called us to love each other. So in as much as we, we expect something from other people in any relationship, we like reciprocation, not so. We like to know, okay, if, I, if I'm kind to you, I give you gifts, you need to give me back something, <laughs> whether it be another gift or your gratitude, you know? Um, and so that's how we are, we're conditional. Um, but that's where we are now. That's not what we're called to. We have to get above that. Um, so laying down your life for your friends is fundamental. So even as a, a single person in singlehood, that is an art you need to learn. Because if you don't learn that, when you get into marriage, that marriage will not work. You will struggle. And some marriages, they'll stay together for some years. They'll have kids. As soon as the kids grow up, that's it. Yeah? I've seen it many times. I've heard people married 20-odd years, 30 years, you know, even more. And they decide, okay, kids are grown, let's go. You know, and that's, that's a waste of years, to be honest. Um, and, and that shows that the foundation was not there. And so, you know, I really want you to see the heart of Pastor Jeff in when he says, okay, this is about honoring singlehood because it's within this time that you are formed for what is to come. So laying down your life for your friends, for each of us that might mean different things, but I challenge you to, to find out for yourselves Find out from the Lord, you know, what it is for you to lay down your life for your friends. Um, and that means different things for, for us. But, you know, challenge yourself to do that. Let that be your focus as a single person. All the friends you're on, don't always just be thinking, oh, where's my wife coming from? Where's my husband? You know, don't think like that. Think, okay, this is what God has given me. How do I respond to my family? You know, how am I responding to my friends, my teachers? You know, what kind of heart do I have for them? You know, and that's how God forms you. And then those things also lay the foundation of how you know who it is you are to marry. Because in doing those things, you're having guidance from the Lord. The Lord is telling you, okay. This is how you, you do things. And then, then you will know. You don't need to torment yourself. <laughs> Torture yourself. Oh, where is he coming from? I don't see him. Please don't. And I'm not saying that I haven't done that. Yeah? I, I do remember a time when, um, I think it was the second year of uni, and we're in retreat camp, I remember, and I was seeing, you know, like young couples, and I went to the Lord and said, Lord, (laughs) 
you know, where is, you know, I thought, okay, I accept, because then it was a step to even get to, I believe I'm to be married, but then I was setting up the prayer of, oh, where is he, where is he, you know, Um, and I tell you about that, but I I wouldn't say it was a great prayer, no, (laughs) it wasn't, Um, but, you know, the Lord helped me, you know, and much beyond the outward, sorry, Pastor how much time do I have? So, yes, I was saying that, you know, these things, laying down your life, lays the foundation for how you enter into what is to come. And then into, the, into marriage, and I, I'm not particularly going into marriage, um, but I, I just want to highlight some things. So, first, let's um, go to Matthew 19. So, from verse 3, do bear with me before we get to The Pharisees also came unto him, tempting him and saying unto him, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? And he answered and said unto them, Have ye not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? And said, for this cause shall a man leave father and mother and shall cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. Wherefore, they are no more twain, but one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together, let not man put asunder. And they say unto him, why did Moses then command to give a writing of divorcement and to put her away? And he saith unto them, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, suffered you to put away your wives. But from the beginning, it was not so. And I say unto you, whosoever shall put away his wife, except it be for fornication, and shall marry another, committeth adultery. And whoso marrieth her which is put away, doth commit adultery. His disciples say unto him, If the case of the man be so with his wife, it is not good to marry. So you see what's happening there. They're saying the bar is too high, you know. If if a man thinks his wife is just suddenly not good enough, he should be able to, or if the wife is just being a bit problematic, he should be able to give her a letter of divorcement. But Jesus in coming to be the fulfillment of the law, has said, it's only because your hearts were hardened that Moses complied. It's not the perfect way. It was a way that God allowed. But now that he has come, he's showing the more excellent way. And so when his disciples say then, it is not good to marry, what was Jesus' response? He said, But he said unto them, all men cannot receive this saying, save they to whom it is given. For for there are some eunuchs which were so born from their mother's womb, 
There are some eunuchs which were made eunuchs of men. For example, Daniel and, you know, Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Um, and there be eunuchs which have made themselves eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven's sake. Uh, he that is able to receive it, let him receive it. So what Jesus was saying here is that there are different categories of eunuchs. Some were born that way. Some were made that way based on situations. Um, but there are those who pledge themselves that way. Those are, are those who were led, you know, to put themselves aside for the kingdom of heaven. And, and this is where it ties in with Paul, what Paul was saying in 1 Corinthians 7 about, you know, pleasing God, the, the unmarried person is about the business of pleasing God. And as Pastor Jeff was saying to it doesn't matter, it's not saying that the married person is not about the business of pleasing God, but somehow you're, you're you know, it's extended. <laughs> but you have to be able to put it all in perspective. And I say that, so when, let's get back to that before and go to that next point. So the eunuchs that, uh, you know, have pledged themselves eunuchs. So I brought this up because there, it's not everyone who will be led into marriage in, you know, as we know it. Um, and this is where you have to know what God has laid in your heart. It could be he has laid in your heart not to be married. So don't ignore that. And also... Don't let the world tell you that that means that you're homosexual. <laughs> yeah? Because I have seen where, you know, for example, young men, if they, you know, stand or they're not, they're not trying to chat up every woman they see, their friends observe and say, oh, are you sure you are not on the other side, you know? And sometimes can convince. There are some people who may not be, you know, inclined. They're not, you know, God has not laid it on to desire a woman, to desire the opposite sex. But it does not mean that that means, you know, you, you desire the same sex. Yeah? So also, I didn't plan to go to this point, but please be careful. <laughs> Please be careful. Don't let the enemy convince you that you are not following the order of things. Don't let him convince you, oh, you're, you're a little bit different. Um, you know, you may be. That's what the world does. They take a little thought and make it into their identity. You know, I often think, how, how can you think that... Um, your identity is your sexuality. He's like, you know, they come and, you know, say, yeah, my identity, I'm heterosexual. But yes, you know, they go into, okay, I'm, you know, I'm gay. And da, da, da. No, that's, you know, that's the world. I, I know the, these, these things come to even believers, but do not let the enemy... Yep, don't let him disrupt your walk. 
he'll come and he'll tell you for those who are called, are not called into marriage, that yeah, maybe you are this way inclined. Do not fall into that temptation, right? So I just want to encourage you with that. Um, but also to emphasize that there is, there is that office. I mean, the Catholics um, took it to another level, <laughs> yeah? You know, men will say, okay, I'm becoming a priest. Um, and females will say, I'm becoming a nun. In fact, I had a period where I was going to become a nun. <laughs> but then when I realized I had to join the Catholic Church for it, I said no. Um, but, <laughs> but um, yeah, but there are those who are called. Um, and, you know, having a great desire to please the Lord. And that might be your path. But it is not to be despised. You know, and this is why you cannot rush singlehood. Women don't think about your biological clock. Men may not really have that issue, but men, you know, also don't think that you must experience different women before you make a decision. Yeah, that is not necessary. And you may have made those mistakes. But as Pastor Hans was saying, the glory of God <laughs> covers. And, you know, once you have repented of those ways, there's nothing to say that you cannot continue on the path of glory. Amen? Amen. So, so um, yes, we were talking about, you know, so I just wanted to also go to Matthew 25, where, you know, Jesus was, you know, um, giving some parables. So, from verse 1, then the kingdom of heaven, then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins which took their lambs and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were wise, five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Yes? So, this is a, another marriage. So, when we say we are all called to marriage, so even the eunuchs who pledge themselves in this natural life to not marrying, you know, they also still have to prepare for marriage. Yes? Because there is the marriage of the lamb. And, you know, this parable talks about the, the foolish virgins, the wise virgins, you know, seemingly the same. They're virgins, you know, they all have lamps. <laughs> but 
what is in the lamp is what's important. So outwardly, they were all doing the same thing, except that very key one, which is some took oil in their lamps and some did not. And he said, you know, they all went in that way, waiting for the bridegroom to come. But, you know, some were wise, some were foolish. I say we shall be of the wise ones. So the oil that they took was what was needed. And we can equate that oil to the Holy Spirit, but yes, also go a bit further. It is the preparation, isn't it? It is the preparation. So they needed the oil. So, you know, they were all changed, transformed. They were all virgins and seemed to do the same thing. They slumbered and slept. So even the wise virgins were sleeping, you know, but utterly doing the same things. But when the time was come for that marriage, some were unprepared because that marriage was not the end. It was the beginning of another phase. And they needed oil to be burning for the next phase. Yeah? So, you know, Pastor Jeff, what you are saying about using singlehood as your preparation, it can't be emphasized enough because whatever marriage you enter into, you need that preparation. So don't look at the married couples and say, wow, look, they have a baby. <laughs> look, they have children, you know. Oh, they seem to be doing so well. It is not easy. It is not easy. It is God who keeps us. But if we enter into marriage with selfishness, not knowing how to lay down your life, you're not going to make it. You're not, you're not having the oil that was needed to be burning. And if you're not preparing, if we're, if we're not preparing by taking heed to the words that we hear, yeah, we're going to fall short. So, you know, yes, it's, it is all about marriage, isn't it? It all leads to marriage, but it's that period before and, you know, I, what I would want you to take away from today is that if all these things are in place beforehand, everything else will fall into place. I promise you, it is God's promise. It will all fall into place. You just learn to love God. Just love God. Learn to love the brethren. Yes? Lay down your life for others. Be selfless. Don't think of yourself. On which point, when you have those thoughts of, oh, what would I like in my spouse? Um, you know, must be handsome, must be beautiful, must be tall or short, um, fat or slim, <laughs> well built up, <laughs> you know, um, must be able to sing, yeah, preach the word well. <laughs> Those are not qualities to look for. Take it from, it, it, they are not qualities to look for. What shines out of a person is the beauty from inside. It's not, uh, I mean, those things fade, huh? 
you'll be you marry a handsome man and and by next year he might not be so handsome whether by his own doing you know people have accidents you know they get scars they may not look the same do you understand so those things are limited and you get older you get gray your body changes you cannot you cannot look at the other person through the eyes of the world you know we have our view of what beauty is the world can't tell us what it is they don't know out what appearance that's what they focus on but we're not of that sort we look inwardly so this is where when you interact with each other you see the beauty that is in each other and you prize it you mustn't take it for granted you mustn't take advantage of it you must cover each other don't overstep your bounds with your sister don't overstep your bounds with your brother don't be forceful you know if if this is the person that god has for you he will be for you you don't need to be hasty and you don't need to declare it before it's time <laughs> and this is where your pastors come in yeah <laughs> cuz your pastors will tell you it ain't time <laughs> yeah you tell them okay well that level of maturity i see in you no <laughs> you have not learned to be selfless yeah and i can say as far as my daughters are concerned you know i could look at my second one and i know she's not ready yet i mean she's still young anyway but you know she's 17 she's going into adulthood this year and i can you know just from and i know she will need to take some more time to become developed i wouldn't be selling her to anyone <laughs> you know how about you know no <laughs> she has to be developed and i i think about that you know as a mother you know what's instilled in my children in my daughters you know are they able you know to be a good wife or to be a good husband because it's really important i'm not just going to be saying oh they better get a good husband you know i'm going to be checking out you know is that husband good enough that no i have to make sure they're good enough yeah and and this is what i mean in wanting qualities in other people oh you must be able to be at my beck and call you know you must be able to massage my feet you know give me tea or coffee in the mornings <laughs> you have to be first willing to do that yourself yeah i mean seriously you have to learn to be selfless i have to know whatever good you're doing towards your spouse or your friends you're doing it towards the lord so when the lord talks about you know when i was hungry you fed me thirsty you gave me drink it it's 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 towards everyone it's not just towards the lord and strangers you know let's see strange no it is everyone around you and to strangers you, you you know we really need to take on that mindset Yeah and it is not easy cuz sometimes when you you get frustrated and you can feel that you're being used and abused you know you can't retaliate but you have to ask the lord to keep you 
in those moments. Yes, so I think I will stop there because it's now one o'clock. Um, I hope <laughs> that was helpful. <laughs> for you. This is my wisdom. I am, I, I am the one that counseled you. I counseled you. I'm counseling you to give you my sense. It's my sense I'm giving you. I'm giving you my sense even for this season. For this season that you are in. For I calibrate you in seasons. I have seasons over you. I have times over you. My times are over you. I have different times for you. There is a different time to be single. There is a different time to not be, to transit out of singlehood. It is, it is time that I set over you. And my times and my seasons are calibrated even to make you, to raise you up like me. My times and seasons are calibrated to ensure that you have what you need inwardly for development. 
For you see, your eyes are important. Your sight are important. My light are important. These are things I need to raise you with. And I need this season even to make you see. I need this season to give you light. For you must be like me. My goal is to make you like me. To make you like me. It's not for you to, to think about other things, even in the natural. Yes, marriage is honorable. But you see, that is not your end. That is not your end. Your end is in me. Can you put your gaze on me that you may look like me? Can that be the desire of your heart? For I want you to be like me. Focus on me. Look to me. Be like me. Let the desire years of your heart is to be like me. So I counsel you this day. I give you a sense this day even to deliver you even from thoughts that hold you bound. Even from thoughts that make you not to take flight in the spirit. So I bring counsel to you today even to deliver you. To make you see. To set your heart. To make your heart and set it today. Even for to be developed by me. For my spirit will come even upon you to develop you. To develop. I am committed to developing you. And I will develop you. I will develop you. I will develop you. Commit yourself to me. That I may develop you. See my season. See my time. See my time. Not your time. Take your sense of your time. Take your sense of your time. I give you my counsel, my, my sense to see my time. The way I see time. Not the way men see time. Not the way men count time. I count time differently. I count time from your soul. Your soul is my time. Your soul is the, is the system of my time. Your soul is what I've, I've set to calibrate seasons over you. Over you. Over you. Look at my time. Take my time and use the wisdom of my time and even the counsel which I bring to you this day. Say the spirit. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
time. So much of you must sit in my city, sit in my time. You must sit in my city, so to sit in my time. For this, this, this are my time, times, 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 time, 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 time. For there's a time coming upon you. Even this season, even this season, even this season of singlehood, even this season of single that is coming upon many, that many are in, that many are in. Even this season, I have set even to bring light to raise you. I bring light to raise you. This season is for to raise you with light. So fight, 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 fight for the light in your season. Fight for the light in your season. Fight for the light in your season. I bring light for your season. Seasons and times that I've set upon you. There are light which I bring. Fight. For there are many things that war against you. You must be resolute and fight. Fight for your season. Fight for your time, for you know not when this season will come again. For this season might never come to you. You are not promised again this season. It is by mercy, unless by mercy, you are not promised these times again. So take time and fight. Fight and fight. Fight to be fat. Fight to be fat. For you need fatness for seasons of famine that is coming. You need fatness for seasons in the wilderness. You need fatness for season in the dry land. In the dry land where you will be further developed. In the land where what you carry is what is within you. In the land where what you carry is what is within you. So fight to be fat. Fight to be fat. Fight to be fat. And it is in your season of light that you can be made fat. Learn to be fat in your season. Say the spirit.
to that which matter. Take heed to that which matters to you. Not all things matter to you in seasons. Not all things matter. There are seasons and there are time for things to give yourself to. There are seasons and times. I'm all that matter. For I calibrate times and seasons over you. I matter. I matter. I am the matter that you should matter. I am the matter that you should matter. I am your time and space. I am your time and space. I am your time and space. I am the mass. I am the mass which you should take. You should take my mass. You should take my mass for I matter. I matter to you. I'm all that matter. Take heed to the things that are weighty. Take heed to weightier matters. And my life is weighty. My life is weighty. Let the weight of my life rest on you. That you might be developed. That you might be raised. Let me alter you. That I may alter your matter. I am altering your matter. I'm altering your mass. I'm altering your space. Let me alter it. Let me alter it. Let my mass rest on you. That I may alter your space. That I may matter you. Let me make you matter in the spirit. I want to make you matter. For without my life you can't matter. I want to make you matter. I want to make you matter in the spirit. But to be matter you must take my matter. Take my matter. Take me. Take my life. Give heed to my life. Take heed to my life. Leave things that easily beset and set your gaze on me. See the spirit. Amen. Our word is, these words are to all of us, all right? They're to all of us. Um, in the interest of time and administration, um, Pastor Jeff, I don't know if the food is ready and, uh, you know, what, what, what we can do. What we can do. I know we, there's time for questions and answers after. Um, what I'll possibly do is, is the food ready, Pastor Jeff? I could spend a brief moment just... Okay, okay, yeah. So, there's atmosphere here. I hope you realize that. All right? Um, there's atmosphere here. But and we'll draw from it. Even while we eat, I'm going to trust you. You know, um, sometimes we feel that only when you're sitting with your face like that, you could hear God. <laughs> Amen? You, you must be able to hear God and be disciplined in all seasons. That's one of the cries I used to have with God from my, from my youth. I said, I don't want to be tormented in my dreams. I don't want nightmares. And I don't want even these emotions to find expression while I sleep. And God answered those prayers.
Thank you, God. He's one of the answers to the prayer the week before. He said, um, I think in Kirk, when he brought the prophecy, he said, he will send his sad in light, light. Not so? Seven lights. Amen? And God is shining light on different spheres for us. Amen? Um, in different areas of life. Shining light because he has brought us to his beloved feast. Um, man, man, manu, Manuel, Bring up um, Isaiah 55 for me. Um, God has come near. Amen. 55 verse 6. Yeah. Yeah. Seek ye the Lord where he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Amen. Said, so let the what? Let the wicked forsake his way. Yeah. Those are conditions of the heart. Amen. That seek their own. A, a wicked person is a person, if you go into their reasoning, they're not wicked. <laughs> but they're just seeking their own advantage at the expense of another. And that's conditions of our heart. Let the wicked forsake his way. Go ahead. The unrighteous man is thoughts. Thoughts that are evil continually for our own good. Amen? Not for the good of God. Go ahead, sir. Let him that return unto the Lord and he, he will sh- oh, sorry. let him return unto the Lord and he will show mercy upon, upon him, him. Uh-huh. and unto our God for he will abundantly abundantly pardon. Amen? And we're going to come into this abundance of God that is going to heal the land of our heart to again have righteous desire for him and his things. Amen? Righteous desire for him and his things. Um, Pastor Jeff started speaking about time. Not so. Singleness is a, is, a, is a denoted time in the phase of a soul's existence that must be used well. But that soul in that season often comes into strength. Start with simple things. I don't need to make up my bed. There's no mommy or daddy to tell me. I'm now in Canada. Or I'm now, you know, or I could eat as late as I want or how much I want. I could watch as much TV. I could travel the world. I could spend my resources on just exploring life. There's a strength that comes in that season of that soul to just enjoy vanity without being accountable to anyone. And he went on talking about accountability. Amen. We spoke about the narrow, narrow corridor of thinking just to traverse that phase and escape fornication or pulls of the flesh, sexual passions. Sister Kadian spoke about 
not allowing that season to just lay in the narrow paradigm of the hope of marriage. Amen? It is a horizon that you could traverse, but not to limit it, just to enter that horizon and cross over into marriage. And she wanted to paint a vista that is larger. Amen? So we, we, we want the soul to have a desire on these narrow corridors because God has, you know, he said, um, unto us a child is given. Amen? There is, there is something that is given to us that all these things will submit to. All these aspirations of the heart will submit to in the end. And Dr. Lamy talked about it. They will say, don't worry, just give us your name. <laughs> we look after our own substance. We'll just give us your name. There is something in God that every soul, every knee will bow. And this, but they, that season has time of regret as well for many people. Pastor Jeff started to go into it. He was referencing one of mommy's teaching. There are some things, there are some seasons when they are missed. You will still be a vessel, but they are cadres of honor. They are things that you just can't serve before the throne for. You have missed your season. I know you want to say, I take courage from Hezekiah, or I take courage from... Is it Emmanuel? Who was the one that determined? Is Emmanuel not so? Emmanuel's story. I'm going to get this life. <laughs> you know? Reverend always makes the joke of him with Pastor Moses. Could this one really follow? And he's consistently following. There are some people who can put the bulldozer to their own everything that they have built. Not many people can. Don't take chance. Don't gamble. Seek the Lord while he can be found. This is the day that that light is being brought close to yourselves. Understand what it is to honor singlehood. Some of you who are already probably in the stage of marriage or, or far into adulthood where you're thinking, hey, I already, my things are already set. There may be mercy granted to still re retro-engineer. But let us not sail too far. Let us not sail where? too far. So let me set up some guardrails and um, I'll make some suggestions to Pastor Jeff in terms of probably getting some of the pastors to help us where we allow you to ask us questions and if you don't ask us questions we'll volunteer ourselves our lives to, to, to expose the mercy of God in seasons past of our singleness because this is not a time to play this is a time to get God if you don't ask for it, I will just by mercy just strip bare ourselves, you know, so that you all could get God. You see, um, Emmanuel, let's go to, or is David, let's go to Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 20. I don't want you to think about care as a sin, but they are, they are things that encumber a soul. They do what? They encumber our soul. And it's difficult. You can't help you. You feel you have strength. Once your soul becomes encumbered, it is difficult to add the ingredients of the nature of God into that soul. Um, this is Deuteronomy 20. When thou goest out to battle against thine enemies and seeth horses and chariots and a people more than thou, 
Be not afraid of them, for the Lord thy God is with thee, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Let's go ahead. And it shall be when you come nigh unto the battle, that the priest shall approach and speak unto the people, and shall say unto them, Hear, O Israel, ye approach this day unto battle against your enemies. Let not your hearts faint, fear not, and do not tremble, neither be ye terrified because of them. I'll explain what this, any, who these enemies are just now. For the Lord your God is he that goeth with you to fight against your enemies to save you. And the officers shall speak unto the people saying, so a separation is coming here now. Now the enemies is the enemies of who? Israel. But we now see a separation to deal with enemies. You know, David saw the same person everybody else saw. But something rose up in him. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? He didn't look at a natural state. He saw a state of somebody who is removed from the mighty God. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that defies the armies? Amen? He wasn't looking out of a naturalized. And Pastor Jeff said something, I think, I don't know if it was last night in talking about today. He don't, don't look at this through the wrong lens. You look at singleness through the wrong lens, it becomes a mighty giant that will cause you to cower in your trenches. You see it correctly, singleness, you could now apply that I have killed bear and lion. And it's probably something we'll do later on. I want you to test us. Anything that we say, or anything that, any understanding you come to in God, you must be able to look throughout scripture and find an answer for it. Not just in the epistles. You must look, how I, you tell me something, I look in the epistles, I look in the gospels, I look in the Psalms, I look in the prophets, I look in the dispensation of Moses and, the, and I look in the sons of Adam. And if I don't see an answer consistently applied, then I know I haven't been granted mercy to come into proper understanding. Amen? God's word is consistent. There is no human that has walked, whose soul the breath of life has been breathed into. And they have been without the mercy of God to come into this everlasting life. I tell you this. Amen? No soul has an excuse. Everybody, you find meekness that we're talking about in all those parts of the, you know, in every dispensation, in every age. Therefore, and as Pastor Jeff said, singleness is a season to, to, to gain God, to get God. And he doesn't, he doesn't, he has no regard for hemisphere, the temperature outside or inside. Do you understand from? Whether you only had a Gideon's New Testament or you had a, you could find God in it all. Amen? Even lying down in the wilderness by yourself and you made some rocks or your pillow, portals will be open. You will find access. So this separation here, and the officers shall speak unto the people saying, what man is there that had built a new house and are not dedicated? Let him go and return. Where? That's one care. Lest he die in battle and another man dedicate it. 
Remember when those people say, if this one die and this one marry this one, and no, that was, they were trying to put their cares <laughs> before Jesus or oh Lord. Whose wife is she? Who is the inheritance? Amen? Because marriage and their name living on was their care. What was their care? Their, their legacy. We all have cares. I only got daughters. I don't have a son. Or I only have one child. I don't have two. Or I don't have any children. Or I don't have any spouse. Or I, nobody's asked. No pastor for my hand. Or pastor. We all have cares. Amen? I don't own my house. I own my house. <laughs> Let's go to verse 6. And what man is he that had planted a vineyard and had not yet, what? Eaten of it. Let him also go and return unto his house. That's your enemy. Just go. Because there are enemies to be fought. Amen? But there are enemies within. Lest he die in battle and another man eat of it. Just go on. And what man is there that had betrothed a wife and had not taken her? Let him do what? Let him go and return unto his house. Let's see what? Die in battle and what? Another man take her. Cares. Let's go on. And the officers shall speak further unto the people and they shall say, what man is there that is fearful and faint-hearted? Let him what? Faint as well as his heart. Let's go on. And it shall be when the officers have made an end of speaking unto the people that they shall make captains. You see, those who desire to seek God in a day where he can be found. You become a captain of this eternal... What is Jesus he said in Hebrews? The captain of our salvation. If you want to possess the nature of God and be master of his things, there is a level of circumcision, sanctification you have to do within your soul. That is found in the season of your singleness. These other cares, when they're added, they are difficult to lead the people. But there's mercy in God, not so. Because these captains, they still provide for those who have been left behind. Let's go and we'll see it. When thou comest nigh unto a city to fight against it, then proclaim peace unto it. And it shall be if it make, if it make thee answer of peace and open unto thee, then it shall be that all the people that is found therein shall be tributes unto thee, tributaries unto thee, and they shall serve thee. Go on. And, I will, and if it will make no peace with thee, but will make war against thee, then thou shalt besiege it. And when the Lord thy God hath delivered it into thy hands, thou shalt smite every male thereof with the edge of the sword. You see, even those who go out and captains. Hmm. 
Pastor Jeff described this as a bulldozer. Sister Kadian said sometimes you married even before you gain understanding of some of these things. Listen to me. You could go and get jobs. And you'll have to put sword to it. Your days will be torrid. You could spend 50 years having to put debt again and again because you have not learned temperance. You have not learned patience. You have not learned... The fruit of the Spirit have not been marinated inside of your soul. So every day is a torment. You can't just use it and put it aside. It has become your God. And you spend the rest of your days having to put sword violently. Somebody asks you what is wrong. You look at your spouse. You have gone back to Genesis 3. Is this one that you have given me? Why you have broken fellowship? You are not quoting Genesis 2. You are quoting Genesis 3. Is this one that you have given me? The thing that should have been added. Not so. When you are naming animals and you are you, functioning in the authority of God has given you. You are okay. Suddenly, your heart is drawn away with cares. And they say, is, is this one gave me to eat? Or is this one you gave the command? He didn't explain it to me properly. And he was there. God is going to help us. This season of singleness is a season to be resolute. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And to con- that is why Jesus didn't give himself to men. The only part of the prophecy they heard was, he's a Messiah, a king. Jesus Christ said, I need to be the perfect sacrifice. He was more committed to that than what men wanted to make him. Amen? So he became the captain. Though he was like-minded, he suffered like-minded temptations. He didn't give himself over to them. Amen? So we want to, we want to, we want to find the mercy of God this afternoon when we come back to the question. I want you to ask real questions. All of this is just a preamble to say I want you to ask real questions. So, Pastor Hans, how did it look like like this? Or how did it look like like that? And I don't want to answer from the epistles. I want it from Revelation. I don't want to answer from... The other pastors will be with me. Don't worry. I'll have cover. <laughs> we will be able to answer the questions. But let's... You see, Daddy said something last night. Is that or somebody? The raw letter, Hagen. The raw letter of the scripture. You could also stand on it. But there's even deeper understanding beyond that. Amen? And by God's mercy, he'll take us there. But even in the literal scripture, I have confidence. What I have? I have confidence. We can stand on this thing. And find answers to every disquietness of your heart. Every tangled thought will be untangled. Amen? Amen? So as Pastor Jeff and Kadian was, I was just in scrub, um, scribbling some thoughts. Uh, let's read them out, and then we're gonna break, and then we're gonna come back, and we're gonna we're gonna go into the meat of the matter. Amen. So singleness is 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 the part to becoming an elder. Amen. 
A elder, when you hear elder, think about mastery in the things of the spirit. Amen? It is a season to gain mastery in the things of the spirit that cannot be retro-engineered. You apprehend this nature. In apprehending the nature that can be universally accessed, held, and conversed in by a believer. So don't care where you are. Universally. It can be accessed. It can be held. And it can be used. Amen? Amen. It's a mastery that excels anointing, capacity in learning, income generation, or professional accolade and personal sacrifice. So what it does, it mutes all boasts that is outside of God. That's what you are seeking to do in the days of your singleness. You are, you are, you are making dumb and impotent. You're putting a sword to every male that will make a boast above the nature of God. So the young will be overcomers. That's what he said that in John. The young will be, I, I, I speak to you because you shall overcome. Amen. Amen. So this is the days where you are learning to overcome. The strength that is given to you is a strength to put to death things that will exalt themselves above the name of God. It's a season for a presentation of the soul that is heart-led. Amen? A presentation of the soul that is heart-led. And that soul must find and be presented as excellent in any age, land, dispensation of grace, circumstance. I don't care. Wherever it is. Imagine yourself back then. Imagine yourself in the future. Imagine yourself without device. Imagine yourself with Romans in, um, being your, your, your masters. Imagine yourself as a foreigner in a strange land. See yourself in any dispensation. This thing is an answer to it. Is that what? It is an answer to it. So you are not disadvantaged. Or you don't have any increased advantage. Amen? We all could find help in our time of need. It's a season where things are brought low. There's no distraction to the soul to, 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 to cause it not to be able to offer praise to God. Amen? It removes all blockages to prevent the soul from saying, my food is to do the will of the Father. It rises the soul above its present want or what you may call its present need. I was just in with somebody, was it last night or this morning, we were saying, it's amazing. I think it's this morning, I was talking to Daniel and a few of the other guys. He's saying, how many of us have been in alliance then. How many of us has been in a situation where there is? Daniel was describing his, his journey to the UK. Uh, not the UK, to Canada. And there was a change in the law for quarantine. Daniel, can I talk your story? <laughs> okay, sir, take permission. And he said they just changed the, the, the rules. And you had to pay 
to probably be in a hotel or whatever the case is. It was the third time he applied. He had got rejected twice. So that thing, he needed to fly. So he just bought the ticket. He wanted to fly the Friday. But he couldn't find the visa, the passport. It came back. It was approved. But it's somewhere in the system, the courier or whatever. And he went to the courier office. He went there. He went there. He tried to get this number. He got everybody involved. And he was, he was just determined to get here. The long and short is, he's here probably two years, sitting. You know, the story started with me quizzing, like, Dr. Lamy, quizzing Pastor Jeff. Tell me your beginning, you know, when did you know, Lord? When did you connect with life meetings, etc., etc.? But as he was telling the story, it took me to Daniel and the lion's den. And so often, we experience lion den moments where it's sure death unless God comes through. But this soul... This soul, I used to pit, I used to say these people are Israel. Ah, look at sign and wonders, and they're still not trusted. This Adam talked to God himself, gain instruction, and going and eat food. Can I just tell you, you have done it many times. You have been delivered from many mighty lions, but this soul has an has an ability to forget. That is why you need to train it by subjecting it to sufferings in the days of your singleness. And keep the company of those who do. That's an important part as well. You choose the wrong friends or you choose the wrong spouse. Ah. God grace pastors to deal with you as well but you will cause trouble for those to whom are to watch over your souls. They will have to watch over your souls, but you'll be numbered among those who cause trouble. While the pastor is watching over his or hers, (laughs) you are one of them who will cause headache. Amen? So God will save us out of the fiery pit, out of the lion's den. But this season of your singlehood is a season where you need to grow so you could testify. My food is to do what? The will of him who sent me. It's a season for discovering the will of God. Don't think will of God, how I will shine. Or what's my anointing? What's my rank above? You see, there are many people in the scripture that are invisible. Invisible in their person, but known by their nature that they share fellowship with. I thank God the scripture is written the way it is, Pastor. That's okay, dear. Hebrews 11 says, and some people remain nameless. If I ask you to name all the disciples, you, I know the ones you'll start with. I tell you, don't call Matthew, don't call John name, don't call... Call the others. Some of you might even tell me, look. Not so. <laughs> These apostles that were chosen by our Lord, their persons is not the thing that was magnified. They came to share fellowship. Don't go to look and show them it. You know, to, to leave the, yeah? So, 
your, your person must disappear. In this season of singlehoodness, it's a season to put debt to ambitions of the soul to find an identity that says, I want to be unique. God will help us. All right, I'm just putting some guardrails. So when we ask the questions, it's not that you could press against the guardrails. Not so. Your questions could fall outside the reservation. That's okay. But I, I will point back to these guardrails so that our hearts are kind of navigated along a path that could find God at the end of our inquiry. Amen? Why is this? Because we want to ascend. What's that song said? Far above. Far above. Far above. Cause us to. That is what this season of singleness helps you to do. You set your affections just on entering marriage with the virtue of not fornicating. You just gone above what? Just sin. Death and dragon waiting for you down the road. Amen? This season is pivotal. This season is what? Pivotal. You could slay giants in this season. David and those guys slayed giants. Jesus, our Lord, slayed giants. Even he had a season that his life was opaque from the view of men. But giants were slayed. Don't doubt it. Don't you wish you know him at 18? They gave a little insight. Not so. Could you see him at 21? Do you, I want to see, you know. But giants will be slain. It is, it is not by chance, Pastor Jeff used the analogy of the foundation. A season that is below ground and disappears. Once you cordon off the land and the neighbors know that's your land, there's a level of shining, not so. After you start to dig foundation, there's no, it's what's going on there. I see them busy every day. Nothing is happening. <laughs> Look at this one, start after him. Look how this one is already above the ground. Not so. But that season of depth and foundation. You could have three years of three and a half years of visibility, but leaves an eternal testimony. What? An eternal testimony. And many people, you are still blinded to that eternal testimony that is above the surface, that three and a half years. All you could talk about is miracles. Or there is no recording of, of, of him being sick. Or, you know, all you are doing is looking at the drapes through your neighbor's curtain, through your neighbor's window. You don't understand the order of the house of God. But Paul, by mercy, was able to x-ray what happened in our Lord. The one that arrived before the throne. Amen? Amen. Many people just have the Gospels. So this season is a significant season. It's a season of mercy that is being granted to you. And we need to use it well. Far above sin. Far above. Far above. We will ascend. Amen? Amen? 
So we'll stop there for now. We'll come back. But we're going to get into the meat of the matter. Amen? We want to know what it is to defeat sin. What are the types of sin? What, what death looks like? What the dragon looks like? Amen? Amen. So thank you, Father. Father, help us. We want to overcome. We want to overcome by the word, by the testimony. We want to not love our lives unto death. We want to use this season, oh God, where men are advancing their profile in the earth and in life. We want to use this season differently. We listen to those prophetic words and we take courage that this is a day that you're drawing near. This is a day when you're shining your light. This is a day where you desire to bring us into fellowship of the sun. We heard about things, oh God, in John, loving the love of God, that your love, that you are truth. And God, you are true, the Father. Help us to come into this life. Help us to apprehend it. Grant us mercy, O oh God, as we continue to, to mingle together. Let us stay in the spirit. Help us not to descend. Help us not to descend into frivolity. Help us to gird up the loins of our mind. Let us not repent of this salvation. In this brief moment, oh God, any heart that finds itself along the corridors of thought like Esau, what is this birthright anyhow? Anything, oh God, that seeks to take us out of the way, that seeks to want to make us go the way of the sons of Korah, to see to come to judgment, oh God, in the vanity of our minds. Help us to purge ourselves from it. Visit your people. Visit me, oh God. Visit your pastors. Grace us, oh Lord God, to speak the words of life to your people. Help us, oh Lord God, to devise the scripture, to divide between thoughts and intents. Give us skill in the spirit so that we may be able to show your life that was from the beginning and expose the sins that were from the beginning. Help us, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen.